The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented, of course, by DraftKings. New week, off-season means a couple things. Number one, reminder, we aren't going anywhere. We aren't going nowhere. We're going nowhere. Three days a week, all off-season here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Typically, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings. Also, you'll still have the college draft, typically recorded Mondays. So if you need your fill of me and getting ready for the draft, listen to that on Tuesdays. Or on Tuesdays, listen to the Even Money Betting Podcast, which is year-round. And even if you're not into betting, it's a pretty cool way to look at football, a different way to look at it. Wednesdays, we'll still have the Fantasy Feast podcast, so maybe you listen to that one on Friday. So we still have five-plus days of audio content for you guys each and every week, and we still have winners. We'll have a spread-the-word winner via social media this week. I'll probably pick another Spotify rate-and-review person. So go to Spotify on the Spotify app, rate and review Ross Tucker podcast, and send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. Sponsor confirmation email winner can be any of the sponsors that you see on the sponsor page at RossTucker.com, including West Shore Home, which is amazing. Uh, Huge fan. I mean, don't even ask me. Maybe I'll get my daughters on the show to talk about how much they like their shower. That could be interesting. And then Labatt Blue. Love me some Labatt Blue. Uh, Might already have the winner for this week for that. Fabrizio from Italy sent me a picture of him drinking a Labatt Blue at at opening kickoff coin toss. It was was midnight, 12.38 a.m. Italian time. Amazing. YouTube shout out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Love those of you. That not only subscribe, but reply to any of the videos and say, Ross, I want a personal shout out. People are still paying me to do these on Cameo. You guys get them for free, which is amazing. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. 
All right, Ross, what are your overall themes from Super Bowl 57, where the Chiefs won their second ring in four years, defeating the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35? So before I kind of get into the game flow, which I will get into, I kind of wanted to discuss just some of the themes that stood out to me about the game. The footing was a major issue and incredibly disappointing. Now, it should be noted. It's the same for both teams. So there's no crying or whining. It doesn't impact the outcome of the game. What you need to do is change out your cleats and or adjust. Keep your footing underneath you a little bit. Throttle down a little bit. But I think we can all agree, it just really is not fun to watch these guys slipping and sliding all over the place. That's not what we're looking for. And it also led to it being such a high-scoring Super Bowl because poor footing is an advantage for the offense because the D linemen aren't able to get off the snap because they don't have solid footing. And the defensive backs, the defenders, they have to react to where the offensive players go. So footing was an issue, disappointing. But again, same for both teams. The Eagles totally dominated the first half. I mean, the statistics were just ridiculous. Were it not for the Nick Bolton fumble return for a touchdown when Hertz lost control of the ball, who knows what the score could have been at halftime. I mean, it was 24-14. That was a touchdown. And when it happened, by the way, the Eagles were in Chiefs territory. So just think about it, what could have happened. That was after a false start, by the way, which is a key penalty. So wild to think about what what the first half score could have been without that fumble. Mahomes' ankle clearly an issue, and he aggravated it at the end of the first half on that T.J. Edwards tackle. Kudos to him for fighting through that and playing as well as he did in the second half. That was absolutely awesome by Patrick Mahomes, and that's why he is an all-time great. Thank you, babe. She loves when I give her the thank you. She loves when I acknowledge it while I'm on the show. I got to take one sip real quick. Oh, man, that's good. Okay. By the way, if you're new to the show, that is my daughter, Helen, with the smoothie delivery of the morning. We got to get that sponsored. Anybody know a smoothie business out there? We got to get the smoothie delivery of the morning by Helen Tucker sponsored. All right. A couple of the themes, right? That's the best I've seen Jalen Hurts play since his shoulder injury. Um, Just an incredible performance. Might be the best game he's ever played. I mean, over 300 yards passing. Sets the record for rushing yards by a quarterback in the Super Bowl. He played unbelievable. He played awesome. Which, by the way, makes it even more stunning that the Eagles lost the game. But he played incredible. Showed the heart of a champion. I mean, even the pass that Quez Watkins dropped was just a great throw by Hertz. I mean, it's just remarkable that he was able to play that well. If you would have told me that Hertz would play that well, I would have told you Eagles would definitely win. But they didn't because the Chiefs were a step ahead of the Eagles. 
in the second half from a coaching perspective. You know, the Eagles had a delay of game. They used a timeout that they usually don't do. I mean, those things are things that the Eagles usually don't have to do. Um, The other thing is the Eagles didn't dominate the trenches the way they needed to. I mean, the Eagles needed to really totally dominate the trenches in order to win the game, I thought, and they weren't able to do it. The two biggest plays of the game by far were the Bolton fumble return for a touchdown, obviously. And that's the single biggest play of the game, clearly. And then the punt return for a touchdown as well by um, Kadarius Tony. Obviously, he didn't score, but basically, he got all the way down there and got close enough for them to score. All of which leads us to the James Bradbury holding penalty late. Number one, it did not cost the Eagles the game. They would have still been down 38-35 with less than two minutes to go. It cost all of us the chance to see what could have been an all-time ending. That's what it cost us. What cost the Eagles the game or anything else was the fumble return for a touchdown and the punt return. However, there is no debate or discussion regarding whether or not it was a bad call. You know how I know it was a bad call? Because in the first half, Bradbury had a way more blatant hold that I thought, like Greg Olson, they probably should have called, but they didn't. So immediately, we see the inconsistency. Here's the thing. As a player, you play the game based on how the officials are calling it. So if the officials don't call that in the first half, you sure as heck don't think they're going to call something that was significantly less than that with less than two minutes to go in the game. So we don't have to debate that. We know the officials messed up just based on the dichotomy of the two Bradbury, Juju, Smith, Schuster plays, period. Very, very disappointing that they would call something ticky-tack like that. Kudos to Bradbury after the game for accepting responsibility. Look, they threw the flag. And he said it was a hold. He's a classy veteran player who knows that you can't put yourself in a position where you even give the refs a chance to throw that flag. And Bradbury knows that. And the Eagles know that they needed to play better up front, both sides of the ball. They couldn't have the punt return. They couldn't have the fumble. And you can't put yourself in that position. But we also know that the officials screwed up. We don't even have to debate it. That, by the way, was my Labatt Blue take of the day. And you know what it is? It's presented by Labatt Blue, the pristine Canadian Pilsner. Enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. As for the actual game flow, Jack, look, most of you watch the game. Although, by the way, I am, some point in the next couple of weeks, 
I'm getting somebody on here that has uh, that did not watch the Super Bowl. I just think it would be fascinating to interview them, just hear about things. The Eagles totally marched on their opening drive. RPOs, O-line was dominant. Hurts, quarterback sneak, touchdown 7-0. Devontae Smith had a big drive. Chiefs opening drive equally as impressive. Pacheco was awesome. And Kelsey had a couple big plays on that drive, 7-7. The Eagles' second drive got killed by a Pascal penalty. And I thought the Chiefs were really flying around and hitting. Kudos to the Chiefs for that. Then on the second drive for the Chiefs, they marched again to Kelsey with a big play. But Andy Reid goes for a field goal on fourth and three, which I agreed with, by the way. You take the lead in that situation. A lot of people criticizing him. I think they're mainly criticizing him because Butker doinked it. Then Hurts threw a deep ball to A.J. Brown against tremendous coverage. Not a smart throw in my mind by Hurts, but he trusted A.J. Brown and it worked out. Biggest play of the game, 14-7. Hurts fumbles on third and six. Returned for a touchdown by Bolton. That was after Sayamalo had the false start on third and one, after Gainwell slipped. You know, these games are like, um, they're like a butterfly, you know, with the butterfly effect. Gainwell slipping, not getting the first down, led to the quarterback sneak attempt, which led to the Sayamalo false start, which led to the Hurts fumble. It all matters. It all counts. Eagles then go two for two on fourth down, including getting Naughty to jump to get the Jalen Hurts touchdown. Uh, Mahomes hurts his ankle, end of the first half. As the Eagles D-line, end of the first half, look, they were starting to get after him. Devontae Smith's catch was overturned. I did not agree with that call. Did not think it was clear and obvious to overturn. And I also believe that if that's not a catch, they, they should rewrite the rule again. That should be a catch. Um, I don't really know that it affected the game. I don't know that the Eagles would have gotten more than a field goal in that instance anyway. And Hurts ends up throwing the ball to A.J. Brown. They get a field goal. Eagles up 24-14 at halftime. So impressed by the game planning, the play calling by Andy Reid in the second half. Chiefs had such an impressive mix of run, pass, O-line, great work on that first drive of the second half to go up 24-21. I mean, to, to score touchdowns, it's 24-21. Then Goddard makes two ridiculous catches, but the Eagles get held to a field goal. That comes back to haunt them. Red zone is critical. So that's one where they were in the red zone, held to a field goal. Remember that one. Chiefs again mix Pacheco on the ground with an awesome play call to Tony, 28-27. Eagles picked a bad time to go three and out. They passed on third and two, incomplete. Leads to, I think, I think uh, Hurts just threw the ball away. That led to the punt return touchdown and the Sky Moore, or the punt return for Tony. Sky Moore touchdown, 35-27. Hurts threw a bomb to a wide-open Devontae Smith. Then he got the two-point conversion. That ties at 35-35. Mahomes had the long scramble, which was incredible. Uh, The guts of him with the ankle leads to the questionable Bradbury holding call that I already talked about. Chiefs win 38-35. 
awesome football game. That the ending was a little anticlimactic, but great game. The commercials that jumped out to me. I love the Ben Affleck J Lo Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Love Bradley Cooper and his mom, T Mobile. I just I think I can see my mom and I doing that. Uh, I thought everybody betting like the under on Kevin Hart and the DraftKings commercial was funny. And no, I'm not obligated to say that, although I probably would anyway. And then the Bud Light uh, dancing during the hold music. I thought that was pretty darn good as well. Almost as good as Labatt Blue. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf, beer pong, apres ski. I'll be hitting up the latter of those this weekend. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tuck Stakes. All right, Ross, we'll start with some news that I feel like you've been at the forefront of for some weeks. Derek Carr informs the Raiders that he will not accept the trade to any team. Yeah, I mean, was there ever a doubt? Was there ever any reason for him to accept the trade? No, there was not. Thank you, Jack. Jack, I think you will go a long way in this industry by praising me. (laughs) <laughs> I think that is I think that is one of the keys is just to praise me like that. By the way, Jack, you're a Philly guy. You had an interesting nugget about the uh the turf in the Super Bowl, right? Yes. So the grass that was used was Tahoma 31, as mentioned in the broadcast. And according to some beat reporters in the Eagles and a little research of my own, apparently that is the same subbreed of grass used at Lincoln Financial Field. And I think you and I can both note that the Link had tremendous field all season, probably one of the top five fields in football. So interesting note about the quality, or I don't know about the quality, but the texture of the grass being the issue at Super Bowl. I don't think that was the case. It feels like when they like roll in those fields or those sod, as opposed to it, like being there all the time, it feels like it doesn't take root as much as it needs to or something. I feel like every time they show the video of them rolling the field in that it ends up being bad. You know, like they do that for the, the some of the games in London, the footing's bad. Stop rolling the field. in. Just stick with what's already there. <laughs> Tuck Stakes. Another interesting nugget that you had some words for on Twitter, Tom Brady filed his retirement letter amid confusion of some other former players. Okay, so something needs to be said first, by the way. On the Derek Carr thing, what a disaster by the Raiders. I mean, they gave him a new contract last year, all right, which paid him like over $5 million more than he was supposed to make. Number one. And then, okay, you're going to give him a contract because you want to control his rights. Well, then you give him a no trade clause so you don't control anything. Now they're going to cut him 
tomorrow, they would have been better off. Think about this. They would have been better off just letting him play out the last year of his contract, letting him go in for agency and getting the compensatory pick. I mean, they paid him more money, lost control, lost the compensatory pick. Congratulations, Raiders. You don't know what you're doing. As Ducks takes. Sorry. Mess me up here. <laughs> well, as for the Brady thing, sorry, I didn't know what to do. Like, you do not, when I retired, I called the NFL or the NFL PA and I said, I'm retiring. What do I have to do? Like, what, what do I have to file? What's, how does the paperwork work? And they said, there is no paperwork. We don't do that anymore. Once you have not played for a year, you are deemed to have retired. Okay? I Somebody said I read where maybe Brady's doing this so that, number one, the Bucks know that what the deal was with him contractually because people thought Brady would redo his contract with the Bucks to help give them some salary cap relief. He's not doing that. They're taking all $35 million in dead cap money this year. So this is going to be a, a rebuilding year for the Bucs. This is going to be a get-right year financially for the Bucs. They're taking all their pain this year. Also, someone said that maybe it's a marketing thing and that as soon as he sends that paperwork in, that the NFL and the NFLPA no longer have the rights to include him in any marketing stuff. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's some reason for it, but I know this. You definitely don't have to file retirement paperwork. Do you think maybe he was grandfathered in? Because you said they don't do it anymore. Maybe he's just been playing so long. It was something he had to do because he was around during the former rules. Is that something? No, because they didn't do it when I retired in 2008. That's my point. I was saying because it was before, because he started his career, like he's obviously the oldest 10 A year ahead of me. Oh, interesting. My apologies yeah, yeah, yeah. on that. <laughs> That's all right. Tuck Stakes. The Texans hire Matt Burke as their defensive coordinator and Bobby Slowick as their new OC. So we don't know whether it'll be Matt Burke or D'Amico Ryan's calling the defense. We do know that. The Niners have an all-time brain drain every year, man. I mean, they lost Salah. They lose D'Amico Ryans. They lose Mike McDaniel. They lose now Bobby Slowick, who's considered an up-and-coming coach. That is rough. I mean, that that is seriously rough. Um, and it's impressive the success they've had in spite of losing all those guys. Tuck Stakes. Titans offensive tackle Taylor Luan says the Titans will cut him, and then he needs to decide what he wants to do after that. Ooh, it's a bad one, Jack. He's a pretty well-known player. Taylor Luan. That's why Luan, Luan, what did I say? No, Taylor Luan. Say la. 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 Say Juan. Juan. Yeah, Luan. It's not what you were saying. Well, at least I know what it was. Right? I guess it's my axe. I don't know. Carry on. <laughs> say, say it again. See if you got it now. Lawan. Yeah, that's better. You got it. Um, 
Yeah, so financially, they have to cut him. They should cut him. He's gotten hurt a lot, making a lot of money. I'll be curious to see whether or not he wants to keep playing. I mean, he's had a lot of injuries. He's made a ton of money. And, you know, he's in a situation now where he's already got his kind of media career going, and it's pretty good. So he could just dive into that and decide he wants to keep the momentum going there. I would tell him if he feels like – well, there's a lot of different factors. But it certainly helps the media stuff more when you're an active player. So he could spend the next year really pumping the media stuff up while he's playing somewhere, maybe even somewhere new where he ingratiates himself with that fan base. Tux takes. Brett Favre is filing a defamation suit against Shannon Sharp, Shannon Sharp and Pat McAfee. Well, um, evidently, um, those guys said a lot of stuff about Favre and whatever's going on with the welfare money in Mississippi. I tend to stay away from stuff like that, that I feel like um, is outside the purview of football. And I don't feel like I really have all the facts. Um, So we'll see what happens there. Does not sound good. That's for sure. I guess some of the questions would be whether or not Favre knew that where the money was coming from. Although I think I saw a quote somewhere where he said, you know, this would never get out that you guys are doing this right or where the money's coming from. So it seemed like he had some idea that it might not have been above board. Ducks takes. Some big names being brought to the Carolina Panthers coaching staff. Josh McCown and former head coach Dom Capers are being brought back. Well, that's awesome. Um, McCown, I don't know how old his boys are, but looking at this opportunity, I think he, I don't know if he, I think he lives in Texas, but he spent a lot of time in Carolina. And I know he was living in Carolina because I think that's where his boys, when he played for the Eagles, his boys were playing high school football in Carolina. So I don't know if he still has a house there or what, but that makes sense to me since he's so familiar with that organization and, and that city to live there. Capers was their first head coach. So that's really cool that he's back on the coaching staff. And Reich was their first quarterback. So that, that's even cooler. And then McCown being there as a quarterback coach, I suspect he will rise up the coaching ranks quickly. Ducks takes. The Baltimore Ravens are likely to franchise tag Lamar Jackson, but they could be open to trade offers while the Packers are open to trading Aaron Rodgers if that's what he wants. So these were two things that came out yesterday that some of the insiders had been holding and waiting to to release on Super Bowl Sunday to get a buzz about new information. So let me translate this to you. On the Aaron Rodgers one, Packers are open if that's what he wants. That's what the Packers want. The Packers want to trade him. And they're hoping that Rodgers is willing to play ball because no one wants to pay him $60 million fully guaranteed unless he wants to be there and he's all in. So the next phase of this 
is probably the Packers letting Rodgers talk to some of the other teams. But it seems abundantly clear that the Packers want to move on and they're really hoping that Rodgers accommodates them and A, agrees to play, and then B, agrees to be traded. I think playing for the Packers for $60 million is the Packers' worst option here. I think they'd rather trade him and get something back in return. And if that doesn't happen, they'd rather him retire. I think out of the three possibilities, the ones the, pa- the one the Packers want the least is to have the back-to-back MVP actually playing football for them this year. That's pretty amazing, actually, if you think about it. And then as for the Ravens, first time we've heard any inkling of this. Now, this to me, this doesn't mean they want to trade him, but they want someone to make them an offer they can't refuse. That's pretty clear. that They, they are very willing and open. If someone's willing to make them an offer they can't refuse, They'll let somebody else give them that type of guaranteed contract. They'll get a new young quarterback for a lot less money and use the draft picks to build around that player and keep their, you know, playoff hope window, Super Bowl window open. We'll see what ends up happening, but that is clearly a very, very interesting situation to keep an eye on. We got some shout outs to give out. Here's the number one shout out I got for you guys today. Myfrontpagestory.com. I think I mentioned this on Friday. I got the best idea. You didn't get anything for your wife or significant other or whoever for Valentine's Day yet, did you? Go to myfrontpagestory.com. Just order a story about them. Print out the order form. Put it in an envelope. Hand them the envelope and say, they haven't finished it yet, honey but I'm getting a story written all about you. She'll be like, what? What do you mean? I'm, I have an author. I have a writer writing a story about you and how much I love you and how much the kids and I care for you. Think about how money that would be. And then the anticipation for her waiting to get this story, I'm convinced that that might even be better than giving it to her or him, whoever, on Valentine's Day itself. Myfrontpagestory.com. Use the code RTFP10, by the way. You get 10% off. Shout outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, BackOfficeSchedule.com, Recording College Draft with Emery momentarily. Off-season is here, but we aren't going anywhere. Thank you guys for sticking with us. All year round, the offseason when it gets super fun with some extended conversations. One way or the other, I'm going to have an awesome guest on Wednesday. I actually have three in the works, potentially for Wednesday. Not sure which one I'm going to go with. They're all awesome, just like each and every one of you. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.